Greetings and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have Steve Conte on. How are you doing, man? I'm laughing. I'm you are laughing. Are you I'm, excited I'm from your, your 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 music? Your uh, new single? Yeah, man. It's really exciting. Um, I'm like a little kid all over again. You know, I've been posting about it, and and uh, you know, I got some friends of mine that are like a little bit older going, Steve. I just love that you still get so excited about this stuff. I'm like, come on, old man. What are you kidding me? You know, like, of course, you always get excited about when your music right. is played. I mean, well, I, I mean, what I, do they do? I mean, are they... If I ever stop getting excited about my music getting played, then just shoot me, you know, because. Uh, well, it's not like you, know. you have an office job, you know, and they're like, oh, I get excited. I just got this report. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, maybe you're, Axl you're Rose creating. doesn't get excited anymore. I don't know. Maybe somebody, you know, of, uh, Bruce Springsteen doesn't get excited anymore. I don't know. It's awesome. So you should be excited. I, I do like it. I got a little sneak preview. It is. I appreciate that. Let's talk about it. So you got two songs on it. Um, what are we talking the, about? What is it? For the well, people it, out there that it, aren't in the know. Right, was, all right, right, right. So it is the new music. You've got two songs out right now. Hold on. And hold on. Do you have some, pro- you have some props for me? You have props? Don't, don't tell. Show. It's usually That's what we're the opposite. For. It's the opposite in screenwriting. It is. No, no, it's not. You got? It's the same. Don't show. Don't sh- no. No, it's no, the other. No, I, I just have it mixed up. It's uh, show, don't tell. That's what it is. That's so right. let's show. Please do. This is what we're talking about. Uh, it's gonna Very nice. Yeah, we can see Hold it. On. I'm, uh, I'm going to take it out of the shrink wrap so y'all can see it now. Let me get my trusty. Don't cut yourself. Knife. Your guitar hand. Next thing you know, he can't play for a week because he cut his finger. So. There she is, condom sleeve rolled back. <laughs> um, there it is, recovery girl. Right, and see, she's got some pills falling out of her mouth. And then the back side, which we haven't shown this. I haven't uh, posted this yet. Ooh. I've been saving this for the next round of posting, but. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. We will, we'll coincide with your next posting. We will, we'll put this up at the same time then. Okay. So, yeah, this is a uh, seven-inch glow-in-the-dark. Oh, wow. If, if this were charged up, I mean, maybe I'll hold it over here against the light for a little while and then turn my lights off and you can see it. But it goes in the dark green. That is pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. And I thought that went well with this sort of like uh, EC Comics, you know, vibe of the you know, I'm tapping into my inner, like, John Waters, you know, like... Uh, you know, I, I do like that. Let's, before we touch on the music part, let's talk about the art part. Where did that... Uh, um, this is my man, Rich Jones, who uh, plays guitar with me in the Michael Monroe band. Good my job. Uh, I just had some dinner and some wine, so excuse me. Um, More wine than dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, Rich is a very talented, besides being a great guitar player, songwriter, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, all-around creative guy. He is really great with artwork and graphics. And yeah. He actually drew, this is a photo of me mm-hmm. taken by um, our guitar tech, Bobby Neimanen, with Michael Monroe. Um, he, Rich took this photo and just like drew over it. I don't know how he did it, but it's incredible. And, you know, we kind of went back and forth on the artwork a little bit, like, how are we going to do this? Let me see. Is this yeah. going yet? Let's stick it on. You can see a little bit when you hold it back. 
Yeah, I can see a little bit the hue when you cover it in the dark. You can see it kind of. It reminds me of those little go in the dark things you get. And see, that's even. No one even expected that part. Yeah, it works. <laughs> we thought um, we were just going to get the preview. We get to look down your shirt. Yeah, you get to, yeah exactly. That's right. Bonus. You get everything. This is, you give me everything in this show. I'm. <laughs> I'm so unruly. Excuse me. You are. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so we kind of went back and forth on the uh, what the cover should be, and and Rich had a couple ideas, and I was just like, yeah, it's good, but it's not the kind of the, the vibe I was looking for. And then he said, hey, I wait, I got an idea. I'm not gonna say anything. I'll just send you my idea later. And he said it's kind of an EC Comics thing, and I was like, EC Comics, what's that? I had to like go Google it. Oh, those comics, yeah, you know, like the like horror comics, you know, from yep. the like sixties, and uh, so like creep show I, and stuff. It reminds me, yeah, of yeah. So I loved it, and um, and then we just you know went with that idea. So yeah, it's as much uh, you know. I mean, the single, the, the music is out. Of course, you can get it download and um, and all that and streaming, but. If you want the physical product, I mean, you get this cool thing, and and I've been selling them from my uh, from my website and whatever my Facebook posts signed. So I'll sign these and and send them out from home. You can get them from Wicked Cool Records, which is the label, Little Stevens mm-hmm. label. But if you order from that website or from Bandcamp, they just ship out from the um, office, and I yeah. don't sign them. But if you want them signed, you get them for me. Go to my website and find out about that, Steve Conti. And, and on your Facebook posts and follow yeah, you on Facebook. Yeah, but, you know, but anyone who's not on Facebook, if you just go to Steve Conti, NYC, you can find out about it. So, Very cool. That's the so, artwork. That is that is awesome. Now, you said download. Are both the songs on for download or just the single? Oh, uh, yeah, it's two songs, Side A and Side B. So side A is Recovery Doll, which is the yep, uh, the, big, the lead off single. Is the lead single. Side B on this record is, uh, which you can get both as a download or on the forty-five. Is okay, Ken. Uh, is uh, Rock and Rock Queen, which was a song on my two thousand fourteen, um, yeah, two thousand fourteen Steve Conti NYC album, but it's the demo, the original demo from like nineteen ninety-six maybe it's really good demo it sounds like a regular song if you didn't say anything it almost feels like you're taking away from it by calling it a demo well i had to put demo because it's been out three times now it's all right okay the the uh official version my version is out on uh steve county nyc album uh i had a version that i did i used to play in a band called mr henry and uh in which i play guitar, sang a little and wrote some as well. Um, I wasn't the main guy in that band, but that was one of the songs I did in that band. And that's mm-hmm. out on a record by them, which is another different version. Um, all kind of in the same ballpark. But this one was the very first version I ever did. And it's got like um, lap steel guitar. It's got a lot more harmonies and some lyrics are different. There's like an extra verse. So it's kind of interesting. It doesn't feel like a demo because both of the songs, I want to say, are very strong songs. It's not like you have, you know, usually a B-side is is a weaker single. Like, that's a really strong song. It's like saying, it's like having two kids and being like, these are my kids. I love them. I mean, this one's my my stepchild, but I love them both. (laughs) 
You know the funny thing? I paid so much money <laughs> to, to make this new single, and the B-side is a cassette demo. <laughs> it was done on an eight-track cassette. I mean, I mean, it sounds, believe me. It sounds good. Recovery Doll sounds amazing, and it's got it amazing does. players on it. It sounds, you know, the engineering and the mixing and the mastering, it's all amazing. Actually, the same guy mastered it. I had the same guy master. Mastering is like the last um, yep. step of, of a recording process, for those of you who don't know. You sort of bring the volume level up, and you, like, EQ it. You know, you give it enough highs and lows and whatever to sound like it belongs and fits in with the rest of the stuff, right? So this was a cassette demo from 1996, and it was actually recorded. Uh, uh, I'm talking about Rock and Rock Queen demo, of course. Mm -hmm. um, was recorded on an eight-track cassette deck wow. that I had, as opposed to, you know, Recovery Doll, which is recorded 24-track, two-inch fat, you know, analog tape, and then put into a computer, and then, you know, mixed through a ridiculous... There is a different sound. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a there is a bigger production on Recovery Doll. I'm just yeah. giving you props on the other song saying it is, and there's a swagger to it that makes you feel like you're listening to like an old Rolling Stones album type of Wild Horses. It's got that feel of the analog old school feel that fits the song, and it kind of you feel like it you want to play your guitar low. It is hang analog. It. It's analog because it's cassette. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm saying it has that feel though too. Like it's that you know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, good. No, I, I'm I'm glad you think it fits, and uh, well, I did too. You know, I, I didn't listen to it and go, "Oh God, how is this going to match with the other side?" You know, it it was the mastering guy did a great job. Did yeah. great. So let's talk uh, recovery doll. It is yeah. a good song. It is produ It is catchy as hell. Oh, good. Thank you. It, it's um. So where'd you get that idea from? Would you kind of? Um, your... You know, the funny thing about this song and and. I normally think I shouldn't say this, but can I curse? You can do whatever you want. You've already, right. you've already made us look down your shirt. It's just, the doors are open tonight. No, yeah, no, on the dark uh, album. So, yeah. No, you can curse, yes. But By the way, can you tell what, what my shirt is? It is England. Is Rolling Stones, is that Exile or something? Yeah. It's Exile yeah. on Main Street. See? I, I, never, get the, wear, uh, I never get to wear this like, shirt. I noticed a little flag on yours, cufflink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. On the uh, collar too, I think. So actually, I didn't, I didn't think of that when I was talking to you, but I didn't realize it was till I, after. Yeah, that's funny. The Stones um, reference. Yeah, I, I finally got a chance to drag it out of the closet. Um, so anyway, what I normally would never say about uh, a song like this is, um, it is probably. I first recorded the first demo of Recovery Doll back in 2004 when I was writing for New York Dolls. And it wasn't called Recovery Doll. It was mm -hmm. called I Want to Buy Me a Dog, which is actually a, a song by the Monkees. Right? So I knew I couldn't use that, but I was using that lyric as a placeholder, right? I want to buy me a dog. I can say it fits. Yeah, it right? fits. So... <laughs> but uh, I think uh, Mickey Dolan sang it by the monkeys. Um, but uh, David Joe uh, passed on it. Right. And then um, cut to 10 years later, 2014, whatever, I presented it to Michael Monroe Band. And um, 
they passed on it. I was like, okay, I guess this is a sign because this has happened with songs before. And they end up becoming really good for me, but the other artists that they were presented to first didn't get it, right? Um, for whatever reason, maybe, you know, it wasn't realized enough, you know? And, and finally, uh, when it came time to do it for this record, I like worked on the demo a little bit more and I added those background vocals, the mbop shabops. And Which are I great. Figured, yeah, thanks. And I had my son, then I thought I should have my son, my 12-year-old son, Zaya, sing on it, which she did, and it sounds great. Um, it feels like you're on the boardwalk or something, just listen to a band, just jamming out on a Conan Island. It just, it just has a, a mood. I can smell the festival just listening to it. You it can almost taste the hot dogs and french fries this year. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. the boardwalk. Down by the sea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, a couple of key changes there for you. There you go, right? Um, it, well, it does. It has a, cry, a groove. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I, maybe it all kind of came together when, you know, when I was thinking about it from my record. Maybe it wasn't really mm -hmm. together enough for anybody else to get it. You know, I like to, I like to think that other people have uh, the vision and they could see through a demo and go, yeah, there's something cool about that. Let's work on it. But nobody said that. So I'm like, all right, I keep it for myself. It's fine. That happened with uh, Gypsy Cab, my song. Um, uh, okay, DJ. A couple other of my songs were like that too. I, especially New York Dolls. I'm really surprised because that really would have been more. Yeah. Well, yeah I could have heard it, knows? you know. Who knows? I mean, Sylvain, of course, Sylvain had a lot of songs back then that were being presented for the album. Right. And kind of once I present a song once and it gets not the, you know, overwhelming response, I kind of like take it out of the running. So, yeah, it goes back to the drawing board. And then um, and then I work on it a little bit more and think, well, or I just toss it in the, you know, didn't happen pile. Um, but, you know, I knew there was something about this song. And this was one of the ones that uh, Stevie Van Zandt said. That's gonna be a single, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, "All right." I mean, I had completely different ideas for what the single should be, but mm -hmm. um, he was like, "Hey, if he likes it and wants to get behind it, I pick my battles." You well, know, you know, I, I'll be honest. Well, I don't have any other songs, but you really—I always think when a, when a band does an album, does anything, you always want to follow with a really strong out of the gate, catchy song that you know who the band is, you know what they're doing, you know the artist, I'm here. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. And then you can get creative and then like third or fourth thing you can do like a slower song and then, you know what I'm saying? But you want your first song to be like, hey, I'm here. And that's yeah. that's like punk poppy. It's like, it's got this like, ba -da -da -da, but it's really got that rockability to it. Oh, now, right. and, and I haven't heard this, I haven't heard this sound in a while. You know, and it's funny because this is a sound that I would, you would have heard like Forty years ago, no, 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 but but it's, but it doesn't sound. It's not a dated sound because it has like the Bob Schwab is like is an older sound, but you get the guitars are are, are more modern, and then the chorus is more in the seventies. It feels like it's actually kind of covers a couple different decades because it has a lot of everything in it, like which me. is a yeah, but it, but it has it that that but it has a very punky feel to it. So it's yeah okay, I, that's fair, and uh, I. You know, if I was asked to 
you know, what bag is this in? I mean, it's good. It's a rock and roll song, of course, but I like to say that it, you know, it's in the mindset or maybe in the head of late seventies, early eighties stones. Mm-hmm. Like when the stones were kind of reacting to punk, you know, yep. when they were reacting to uh, like some girls and emotional rescue and. But five years before the, five years before the Harlem shuffle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tattoo you, tattoo you, yeah. emotional rescue, some girls. That's what I think this. Uh, Absolutely. But the collection the guitar- of songs that I turned in for the uh, mm-hmm. single were, but it's not that but it's a little bit more than that it feels like it's that amped up is what i'm saying it, it's yes like, well it feels, I always, it feels like it has covered a couple decades but it has that just something about it that feels so current but it also feels like i knew it like i, I like that sound those are the albums i grew up on you know what i mean mm-hmm. but the album doesn't sound dated either it doesn't like oh it's an old i mean it feels like it's here well that's what i always think about you know the music that i put out is like I don't, I'm not trendy, so I'm, I'm never like, oh, you're just this far behind the trend. No, I'm decades behind the trend. You know, like I'm not anywhere near the trend and I know it. And I don't want to be near the trend. I mean, you know, I'm not writing music for laptops. I'm not using samples and loops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I have used the loop occasionally here or there. And I might have used the sample somewhere on this album. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's not like you can hear it and go, oh, it's a sample. You know, it might be behind something, fortifying it. You know, yeah, if, I don't, if, the type, if that was the type of music you're doing, we probably wouldn't be talking. I don't, I'm all about authentic music. Yeah. You're authentic. So, you know, I mean, the, the band on this record is Charlie Drayton, who played with Keith Richards and the Expensive Winos, the Divinals, the B-52s. Yeah. So many great bands. He's, you know, his groove has been on Love Shack and, you know, Take It So Hard. And, oh, wow. You know, I, mean, yeah, I touch myself. I mean, you know, just like, one of my favorite drummers of all time and here he is on my record and um you know my kid on vocals and uh, nikki richards like who's been with madonna and, and, and lawan carter dance who's you know they're both like studio and live you know pro soul sisters from new york you know who just they sing that gospel blues r&b soul stuff like you know in their sleep it's, it's what they are you know so um yeah, it's just a great uh, lineup of people. And, um, you know, it's a groove. I, I, the main thing with this is like I had a bunch of like rock and roll songs and I thought, um, you know, I don't just want to make a normal, you know, just a guy playing a beat. You know, I want something a little quirkier. Who can I call? Charlie Drayton. Because the guy just takes like the normal thing and does something weird to it every time that's always surprising and um really really pleasing <laughs> it's it is sped up like it could it could you know like remember in the 80s when you could you'd hear like different music but all together in the radio you hear like prince and men at work and van halen remember how, like bands could actually sound different oh yeah so this song could be on the radio now, like say like a Green Day song, because of the energy on it. It's kind of like the Stones, but on Adderall. It's like it's kind of got that ah, you know what I mean. So it feels like it's it's current enough where it could on its own. You know who knows what radio does down there anyhow. But the point is, it it holds up. Well, if you listen but, to uh, Little Stevens, thank you. If you listen to Little Stevens Underground Garage, where I've been 
um, hearing it because uh, it's the coolest song in the world this week. Um, <laughs> little Steven does that with his records on his show yeah. uh, on the whole station. So all week, this song gets like... Feels kind of biased, though, doesn't it? <laughs> well, he could make Springsteen the coolest song of the week, or he could make himself the coolest song. But he chose me this week. I mean, I guess he's got 52 I weeks. Know. He's got a lot of uh, people to choose from. So. It's the whole East Street band. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, I'm on his label. But even before I was on his label, he was making my song the coolest song in the world. And you know, It is a cool song. It is good. Uh, I'm just busting your stones, man. You know, I good. had... Uh, what what was it, my coolest songs? Uh, okay, DJ, uh, uh, head kicked in tonight. Those are both before I did anything with his label, and then mm-hmm. Gimme Gimme Rockaway was my first cool, uh, my first uh, wicked cool records uh, release. If but, you didn't um, think it was cool, he would have even brought you on the label, invested in you. So no, it's cool. It's it's good. Yeah, I mean, he he would have probably played it anyway. Even in fact, I went ahead and made this record without him because he was busy like doing yeah, being on tour and stuff. And I've been sending him songs for, uh, because the label contacted me and said, Hey, let's do another single. You know, it's been a couple of years since Rockaway let's go. And I said, all right, well, here's a bunch of songs. And, and Steven was busy and I was like, all right, never mind. I'll go ahead and make it myself. So I made it myself and I was ready to just hand him the record and go here, you know, I'm going to put it out myself. And, and they said, Oh, we love this. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk. And so then we you know, came to an agreement. And um, so, uh, yeah, they put it out. But um, there will be a couple more singles, I think. Now, it, it, now that we're shrouded, I feel like I'm shrouded in mystery with the questions I can ask you. Is this, are these singles that are going to be enough to be an, an album at some point? Are we just doing singles and then maybe an album? Or you turn it sideways and you can actually match up to your head. You know what I'm saying? Is uh, it, is I, it, do you oh, have this, a? You mean this one? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The face. If you turn the face sideways, it actually. Oh. No, like turn it this way. No, no, no. Turn way? it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You can cover your face. Yeah. Is is it a single? Um, you know system? what? I I can't say too much right now. You did a video. Is that in relation to? I'm working. Yes, I'm working on a couple of videos. Actually, that's not a secret because you've been posting it everywhere. I mean, I face. know, but I never posted the song title. No, you have not. Um, so but if it's that not, video, it's not a been, single, no, that video I've been posting about is not the single. Oh, okay, so there you have another clue. Yes, there is another song at least somewhere. Well, then that's the worst keep secret that if you're <laughs> <laughs> posting on a video for a song you haven't done yet. Well, you know, I can't keep my mouth shut sometimes. I, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I no. love them. I love Steven, I love Dennis Mortensen. Rebecca Stern, who's been reaching out to you. She's a press Super person. nice. She's been super cool about the emails and stuff. She's been great, yeah. too. Everybody's great. It's Renegade Nation, Wicked Cool Records, Underground Garage. They're all sort of related and, and you know, related with Springsteen and the Sopranos and Lily Hammer. And, uh, you know, it's I mean, all, I tell you, so, it's, so all stuff when that I lo- it's all stuff that I love and respect. So, you know, it's, if it's in. And I've been in one of uh, Stephen's wife, Maureen's uh, movies. Yeah, I was doing a little acting uh, over the years, and uh, I was in one of her movies at in, at Christmas time. So that was fun. It was like a Zoom movie, a Christmas Carol, rock and roll Christmas Carol. Very so, cool. Um, That's cool. And I've I've sat in on uh, Vinny. Uh, um, um, wow, you know, big pussy. Vinny Pastore's yes. uh, acting class. 
And Maureen uh, does a lot of, Maureen Van Zandt does a lot of her acting um, uh, readings of scripts and, and clubs. Well, not since COVID, but. Right. Um, what did we, when was the last time we talked? Was it, it was in full COVID mode, yeah. right? We were it was like, a totally COVID, yeah. Lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, so. Maybe january Yeah, now that things are uh, opening up a bit, I'm uh, very excited about I'm hoping that in the fall I can do a um, show in the New York area. Probably not going to head out on tour because I actually have some Michael Monroe gigs in November and December. So I go away to Europe for the summer, spend time with my family over there and chill out for a bit, come back in the fall, do some more... uh, press and promo and mm-hmm. signing of these things. I'll take a, like a break from. So you're talking to do maybe you can try to do some live, maybe at least one, one show at least, or are you going to put like a, a ragtag band of friends? I'm hoping to do a show in the fall, but there remains to be seen. Um, I have to sort of look at a lot of things. Who's around. Yeah, I'd love to get the band that played on this record. I'd love to get Charlie and my brother. And Are they local? Everyone? Uh, yeah. Everyone's in New York. Me and Charlie are our neighbors in the Bronx, and my brother's in Manhattan, and the girls are in Manhattan. I would have my son come up too, of course. Mm-hmm. He lives with me. You see, um, like he's down the hall. <laughs> he's down there. He's doing his homework, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, but um, we'll we'll see about that. Um, I head out for. We're actually supposed to be making a new Monroe record sometime in the fall like late october early november so you know hopefully maybe mid-october if not you know soon so when you actually do have to the michael album do you guys have to go elsewhere to record or you you guys record locally yeah we'll probably do it in finland because uh um, yeah michael's uh favorite engineer is there and studios that we know and i think there's also like a a deal with the Finnish government where, you know, they, they really support the arts there in Finland. It's, it's well, I was America, just thinking as far as you being able to do other stuff. It puts America to shame. Like the, some of the arts uh, situations in other countries yeah. like Germany and, and Finland, I mean, they support their musical artists and probably other art forms as well uh, uh, yeah. by you know giving them grants and it, i mean maybe there are stipulations like i know in finland you have to record most of your album in finland uh, right. to get to get grants in finland which hey no problem uh, i have no problem recording in finland you know yeah. i go there all the time to play anyway so um but you know i wish america would get on this uh thing about yeah, well. appreciating their artists but you know It'll Most of the happen. artists here are, are pretty disposable. So, I mean, new, you know, record company signs, you know, whatever. You know, you, they might sell millions today, but. Well, there really isn't. And I think this is, you got, you have an old, you are doing an, a kind of an, having a, a really special situation right now with, with those even because it's, it's, it's kind of got an old school record label working it. And, and that's not something a lot of people have right now. It's very personal, individualized, and focused and niche, you know, you know, yes. and that's kind of a gift right now. That cause... is the thing. That is the thing about uh, Stephen and the Underground Garage and um, 
you know, the, uh, the label, it's, it's a, a bit of like a bubble, you know, it's like it's its own little universe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some people might say, oh yeah, that's not the real music world. Well, yeah, but it's the real music world that we love. You know, it's the Stones, the Temptations, you know, like great music, you know. It ain't, okay, it ain't Billy Eilish. It ain't, uh, um, you know, 21 Pilots, who I actually like. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's not these sort of hip hop machine-y, keyboardy, you know. Well, it's a different industry, and I think you guys are kind of circling your wagons and kind of making your own little mark, and uh, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen to the station now. I, I finally broke down and, like, got a subscription to Sirius. So tell me about the station. So let's give let's give the station some props and let's let's promote some of that. So what what is it? I mean, here's my Sirius XM app on my iPhone, okay? And uh, you know, I go to Underground Garage and who's playing right now? Richie Valens. Is it so is it his station? Well, I'm just saying, is it little Steven? Is it his thing? Very cool. Watch out, I might have a copyright issue. Oh, okay. So anyway, that's uh that's Richie Valens. (laughs) You know, but, um, you know, they'll play everything from 50s rock and roll, 60s, you know, British Invasion, Psychedelia, blues rock from like Jeff Beck group, mm-hmm. you know, um, 70s, you know, Bad Company, you know, 80s, pop, rock, punk, you know, punk rock, and up to like right now, you know, modern bands that are like making records that are that sit comfortably next to the classics you know like you i'm one of and there's a lot of other bands too a great band i've been hearing wild side they're also from new york um i've been digging their stuff you know they'll play jesse mellon they'll play the dictators they'll play uh, a new dictators record uh, i've been hearing that quite a bit they'll play um I'm trying to think of what other Jelly Bricks. It's another newish band that I've been hearing on there. Soraya. Um, yeah, it's a bunch of, of great new bands. And, um, cool. you know, you wouldn't, is like the rock station in New York, which mm-hmm. is great. A lot of my friends are DJs there. And, you know, I'll send them my record and they go, oh, man, your record's great, but I can't play it. You know, like, of course you can. I know you can't, but, you know, it's, I want, I want you to know what I'm doing. They can so. play it once and they get spoken to. I've done that at the radio. Oh, There's a time I worked on a record station. I got in trouble for playing one song or two. Yeah, I'm aiming at it with a double studio. They can hold me in the office the next day. Mr. Guy in a Hawaiian shirt and a cigar. You know, you can't play that song. I did it. It's rock and roll. <laughs> it was not on the list. Nope, yeah, it wasn't. Because, it was in Carnage. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the rules, but all I know is like on commercial stations, you know, they... Um, it's all program. Deal with their advertisers and their mm-hmm. whatever, their board and their, you know, whatever, CEOs. No. But I mean, I'm sure there are CEOs and all that stuff, but, this, but there are no commercials. There are no advertisers. It's all handpicked by Stephen. Stephen Van Zandt says what goes on this radio station. So if you like his uh, choices, then you'll like that station. You know? I mean... He's big on Motown, Temptations, British Invasion. You know, I rarely hear a song that I can't stand. You'll never hear Sweet Home Alabama. It's not like a classic rock station. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's stuff that you're like, wow, they're playing that? 
you know, you'll hear Ramones, you know, you hear Clash. Yeah. You know, you hear a, the good stuff. It's just it, it, it sounds stuff. good, and if it does, and it feels like it does feel like it feels like that's your audience. That's just where you belong. Um, Everywhere I go, I bring my trusty microphone and my Pro Tools and my laptops, and I'm writing, and you know, I bring my I bring my acoustic and electrics, and you know, I just demo up song ideas. We're writing. I'm always writing new songs for myself. I'm writing new songs for Monroe, for other artists. I'm producing other people. I have two other artists that I'm talking with here I, I just there's not enough hours in a day or enough days in a week or weeks in a year we need to do everything i want to do and you know i tend to like i don't like to say no to things when people call i go yes can you do this yes then i go oh what did i just say i just committed myself to something i have no time for you know but um there are a couple of really good artists that want me to produce them and I, i've produced a bunch of records of it over the years and uh, I really love doing that. I just love being in the studio, making music happen, you know, whether I'm playing or writing or not, you know. Just actually being outside of the, of the, you know, not being the writer or the singer or the guitar player, just sitting back and like, what do, what do I like about this? You know, what, what hits me as being right or not quite right, you know? Well, being a songwriter, it helps being a producer. I mean, those are all the best, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to have a certain um, degree or, or even read music or, or, or you know, because most, most, most people don't really no, that are successful. No. They're, they're like, sure? I can't even read music or I can't do this or I can't do that. And you're like, it doesn't matter. No, or I don't have music theory. Yeah, you certainly don't need to be able to read music or know music theory or anything. I mean, I happen to be able to do that. I'm not a great reader, but, and I know theory, but. But you know what I'm saying? As far as artists that are, that can rock out some great shit, but they don't know any of that. Yeah. What did Jimi Hendrix know? Or, or, you know, Wes Montgomery, you know, great jazz guitarist, genius, brilliant, you know, like the harmonic stuff. He's great. I have some vinyl. I have him on vinyl. Yeah. The jazz stuff, chords and harmony that he had were outrageous, you know, like. Mm -hmm still never parallel to this day maybe george benson gets close pat martino but um you know the guy didn't know anything and you don't have to but but, but it leads to you being a songwriter though right but yeah, being a songwriter you don't even need helps. to know anything to be a, you don't need to know anything you just need to be good and talented and and um you know naturally you know gifted but you're an artist and you can hear other people playing so you can be like oh I, here's what i hear as a songwriter, yeah, I think, I don't that even to, I think that's, that's the best. Yeah, I don't need to say, hey, man, you know, when you played that flat 13 there, you know, that was, uh, you should have been a natural 13. And then right. I would look and be like, what? Right. Uh, and then I might say, well, you know, you played an F sharp instead of uh, a G. Mm -hmm. you know? When you win, oh, okay. you should have <laughs> Okay, okay, look, instead of this, do this. Oh, okay. So you know you don't need to know the names of, of chords no. to be a great songwriter, artist, guitarist. You know, I happen to have done that because I had a thirst for knowledge when I was a kid, and I was like heading down a bad path, and music kind of saved me. I, I just like, all right, I'm gonna stop obsessing on these bad things over here and obsess on this good thing over here, and then the next thing I knew, I learned about 
the ins and outs of what I was doing. You know, I actually knew what the call thing is. You know, no harm in that. So, so, so we will, we're going to talk again, but let's, we're going to round the show. Me, you got like three guitars hanging up there. Let's talk about your guitars. Let's show your guitars before we'll send on your guitars because oh, uh, that is I'm, a, I'm, I'm admiring them from a distance here. What do you got? Uh, these are just random ones that are hanging up there. They're not like up there because I use them often or anything. It's just like, uh, well, that's a Hagstrom Swede bass. The first, the red one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hagstrom made uh, the Swede, which was like their sort of Les Paul guitar in the 60s. Okay. That's the bass version. And then behind that is a Guild 12 string from probably the mid 70s. Behind that is a Zemitis which is a beautiful guitar. I have to, hold on. You can, you can see this one. Which is good because this is a video show. (laughs) It's not radio. There we go. Oh, look at that. So it's like a metal front, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's all wood. Yeah, and uh, these were used by like Ronnie Wood in the seventies, and James Honeyman Scott from the Pretenders, and those are the two guys that I really saw with them that made me love them. And behind that is another Hagstrom uh, jazz guitar. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this room, I have a number of guitars that aren't hanging up there. I have my. Sorry, the sound. No. Microphone back in. Uh, I have my, what else do I have here? I have my 59 Les Paul Jr. I have uh, Martin Acoustic, I have Gibson Acoustic, J160E. I have a 335. Too many. And this little uh, nylon string. Oh, wow. Tacoma. Um, it's not a brand that I ever really knew about or heard, but I saw it in the music shop and had a cutaway, which was nice, and it was electric, and and I needed that. It was when I was playing with Willie DeVille. Yeah. Um, and I had to go on tour with him in Europe, and I needed a nylon, and so I went and really quick, I, I went to my local guy, Matt, at 30th Street Guitars in New York City, and I said, Matt, I need a, an acoustic uh, nylon string. What do you got? I need it tomorrow. I'm leaving Friday for, for the tour. He's like, uh, I'll try this one. I tried it. And of course, after I bought it and got it home, they said, oh, uh, Steve, we're going to rent an acu- a nylon string when we get over there. I'm like, okay. I just went and bought this guitar for nothing. But I kept it. It's really a... Uh, I first started out playing nylon string with like one of the first instruments that I had at home. Mm-hmm. And it was, it really worked well with me because I didn't, I was a drummer first and I didn't know about guitar picks. So I would just play with my thumb and the strings are a lot easier on your finger if you're uh, no. playing with your thumb. And the first thing I did was like, first song I wrote was, uh, went like this. And um, it's just got a really 
familiar old kind of feel. It's it's different from a steel string. So. All right. Bye. Bye, bro. Take care. Bye.